I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 125. Well, and no one introduced us, so uh, we're so lonely here. I know you're out there. <laughs> I mean, if I could sing, I would sing all by myself. No, God, but I no, can. stop. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I know my limits sometimes. I was going to say, in what regard? Singing. I know my limits singing. Tell that to my ears in your car. Hey, well, you know what? I can't say if you want to introduce an episode like blah, 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 but because I know some of you have introductions that are due. We see it on Patreon. But if you do want to introduce an episode, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Also, thank God Donna doesn't sound like death. Right? I mean, she doesn't sound wonderful, but she doesn't sound like death. Okay. Speaking of death... Nursing home ghosts slash demon. Hey ladies, I've been a huge fan and finally sat down and jotted my story to you guys. I'm currently a nurse and the banter between you two keeps me sane through MedSurge 2 and OB. For ambiguity purposes, call me A and I changed all my patients' name. This story is kind of long, so here goes. I'll preface this with saying I've always had creepy or weird stuff happen to me since I was a child. I'm pretty sure there is something attached to me that follows me through life that I haven't figured out is good or bad. So I'm not surprised when odd occurrences start to happen. Being a new nurse, you pay your dues by working night shift. I started working at a rundown nursing home that was built in the 60s. My hall was one of the oldest. I had about 30 patients, and by 9 p.m., I would turn out the lights and continue my med pass. I would stand at my cart preparing meds and see out of the corner of my eye someone wheeling up or sometimes walking up to me. I would put whatever I was working on down and look. Nothing was there. At first, I thought, maybe I'm tired or the lights are fucking with me. I eventually just said, whatever, and let it go. That was the least of my problems. I would do my AM meds pass early, starting at about 0330. That's 330, Donna. Wow. AM. <laughs> wow. The faith that she has in me, y'all. <laughs> and not to risk waking the patient's roommate, I would just walk in the room in the dark and only wake the patient that I had meds for. Weird stuff happened here and there. I once went into a room where both patients are bedbound. One was not with it because of dementia, and the other who I gave the meds to was completely with it and awake. After giving her meds in the dark and exiting the dark, I charted in my narc book. The light came on. The narc book? Yeah, like narcotics. Oh, like, I yeah. thought she was like, I'm telling on you, you were up. <laughs> no, 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 like you have to keep up with like what narcotics okay, you get. Okay, 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 that makes sense. The light came on. I popped my head in and asked, made up name for HIPAA? Blanche, did you turn that light on? Knowing it was impossible since she was bedbound and it was the light over the sink in the middle of their room, her face said it all. She looked terrified. She said, no, and I'm scared. You better believe I ran to that sink and pulled the string to turn it off and ran the fuck out. I happened to be married to an awesome dude who is an electrician. I sent him a picture of the type of light and asked him if that could come on on its own. He said no. Poor Blanche left a figure it out on her own. Right? <laughs> Here, here's something to make you go to sleep. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I'll just turn that light off so you can't see what's coming at you. <laughs> so some time passes and little creepy things happen. 
More lights on, dynamat machine reading pulses and O2 sats when no one is hooked up to it, and unsettling things when you enter a room. All of this shit came to a head one night when I was on a morning med pass. My cart was placed right outside the patient's room. Hall lights off along with the patient's room. Her roommate was sent to our COVID unit for a fever spike, so she was by herself. Preparing her meds, I see an orb go into the room. I dropped my stuff and find my tech. I told her what I saw and she asked if she wanted me to have her in here with me. So I was happy to have someone in there as proof for what happened next. Gathering her pudding full of crushed up Lasix and thyroid pills, we walked into the room. This time we turned on the lights. She was laying there with her eyes closed. Before we could even say hello, she says, can you guys make the hissing stop? At that moment, I felt ill. Hissing fuck this mess. We asked her where it was to try to see if it was her AC unit or a pipe. Nope. She pointed at the headboard right above her head. Again, I gave her meds and boogied right on out of there. As we made it out to the hall, my tech and I discussed this. They had always joked on me for saying this place was haunted and weird shit was happening. She got to see it firsthand. Well, the next night got weirder. I had two techs on my hall and we talked about what happened and how it seemed kind of like a demon. Well, we all had some sleep and said tonight would be better. Another patient we called Papa had severe dementia, only spoke in babbling, and had a fist like a gorilla. He fought the text all night about being changed out of his wet brief. We let him sit for a while to hopefully let him calm down, but nothing seemed to help. One of my texts mentioned how late it was and that she was just going to change him. I told her I would help change him, and we rolled him to his room. With the lights on in the room, we got him into bed where he started to punch us. Unfortunately, we knew we would have to hold his hands to prevent getting a TBI from his Mike Tyson-like throws. I was holding his fist, and the tech got his pants off. He's screaming and wailing, but we couldn't risk him getting skin breakdown. He got louder and continued to try to hit us, and then it happened. The most guttural speech I've ever heard. And while that noise came out of his mouth, the lights in the room got brighter. So bright, that it was almost white in the room. His scream made the lights change. We stopped right there for a second. I looked at my tech and she looked at me. Did you notice that? I asked her. Yeah, the fuck I did. Let's finish and get out of here. I've never seen her work faster. Once we had a new brief on him and tucked him in with the bed all the way down to the floor, we booked it. That's such a nursing sentence. Like bed, like all the way down the floor. Like for you to end that sentence with that, you're a nurse in a nursing home. Now they believe me. I still want to be sure before I jump to ghost conclusions. I believe 110%, but I also want to make sure I rule out all the options. When I got home, I went straight to my husband. I told him the complete story and waited. He asked me if I wanted to know the truth or hear something that will make me continue to work there. I said, the truth. He confirmed it. No faulty wiring could make all three lights in the room go brighter with the pitch of a scream. So that's the story of my creepy, ghost-infested, and demon-riddled nursing facility. I have more if you want to hear about when I brought back a ghost from NOLA or living in a haunted house in the suburbs of Nashville. At this point, I should wear sage around my neck. Thank you, ladies, for always being great and keeping me entertained. Spotify, let me know exactly how much. 84 hours of spooky hilarity. Keep it creepy, A. This is why I don't want to work with old people right there. Confirmed. 
Okay, I'm giving it a slow blink. <laughs> but you know that a lot of people die there. There's oh, a lot sure. of like residual haunting has oh, to be. Oh my gosh. And easy ways for a demon to jump from here to there if it is a demon, which it sounds like when you said hissing and then the lights and everything. And then when he was being so like forceful and when he yelled, the lights got brighter. What in the conjuring is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. But there's so many, I hate to say it, but like empty shells for them to get into when they do have like dementia and stuff like that. That's so freaking scary and sad. And yeah. Oh God. But like the residents see it. Yeah. They clearly know what's up. You yeah. Know? Because how we've talked about, it's like you're reverting back to your childhood. When you get to a certain age, you're a child again. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're more apt to see it and believe it. And that veil is thinner there. But send us all your stories. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, I love medical stories like that. Uh-huh. Like hospitals, nursing homes, all that kind of shit. Yeah. That's your jam. Well, the next one's titled Dreamwalker. Hello, beautiful ladies and all those creeping in the shadows. Hello. That's what I heard. (laughs) I see you, Will. It's me again, Miss Piggy from a different verse. I hope you enjoyed my last experience I shared, and I hope you didn't believe a word of it after you destroyed the email per my instructions. I'm submitting this before the last one aired, so I can't tell you if the men in black showed up yet. Before I share another story, I do need to say RIP Mr. Alex Trebek, or Trebek. Maybe our energies will cross paths again. This experience is a lot fresher in my memory as this happened two days ago on December 5th, 2020. It started out as a normal Saturday at work. Well, as normal as working on a Saturday in a fucking pandemic. Nothing notable happened until after, until I left the building to find somewhere still open for a quick bite to eat. I ended up at Zaxby's. I ordered the blue buffaloed salad with a large unsweet tea. I've ordered this particular combination before, but never before did it ring up 1111. Hmm. Then I drove back to work to eat my lunch in the parking lot. I prefer to eat in my car so I can listen to podcasts. And by listen, I mean to talk back at the host. Girls, we have had some bomb-ass conversations. This particular podcast mentioned the 1111 phenomena right after my receipt was for 1111. And it's 1111 a.m. right now as I type this. Damn. I used to love seeing 1111, and now I see 555 and 333. Sometimes 222 and 444, but like almost every day it's 333 or 555. Yeah. I knew something was up, but I had no idea how my shift would end. I almost must note, although it's not important to this tale, I saw a picture of an old friend of mine I affectionately call Satan during this lunch break. I met him right after I started to see 1111 over 15 years ago. About an hour before my shift was to end, my supervisor, Shenron, asked me to go outside with him. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. His shift was ending, and we had had a fairly busy day. I knew he probably needed something to take the edge off. As we made our way outside, I offered, I have some bud in the car. I have some dab. We laughed, then headed to his car. 
I'm so uncool that dab to me is like the hand gesture. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, glad you're reading this. I don't fucking know what that, yeah. what that means. Yeah, I mean, I get bud, but dab, I don't know what that is. A little dab would do you, I don't know. Maybe it's like the pot version of uh, sour cream. <laughs> dollop a daisy, a dollop a bud. Uh, what was it? A dollop a daisy, a dab a bud. <laughs> In his car, he got his gear out, and we got to managing our stress. Are they from Australia? Got his gear out? I know that from watching uh, uh, Wentworth. Uh-huh. We started talking about this and that and whatever. Shinron started to tell me a story, but for the life of me, I can't recall what he was saying. Actually, recall is not the best word for this. And is highly inaccurate, as I didn't have the opportunity to know what he was saying. As he was talking, I started to strain to hear him. It was like someone turned the volume down on Shinron. I could see his mouth move and tried to still follow along until I noticed something strange on my right side. My left side, closest to him, seemed to be anchored down in this plane. My right side seemed to be somewhere else. As he kept talking on mute, I could see a weird motion blur on my right side. My attention shifted to this blur. I wasn't alone. There was a male presence in this blur. I assume he's my spirit guide, but I could be wrong. He told me things about Shinron, but not in words. It was more like a transference of knowledge. In mere seconds, this being dumped this information in my head, and I understood it all. My brain interpreted the information. Shinron travels in his dreams. Shinron is a wanderer. Shinron goes to real places. Shinron knows he does this. Shinron is a dreamwalker. Ask Shinron if he goes to places in his dreams. At first, I felt the being next to me urging me to ask this question. Within seconds, the energy went from urging to commanding me to ask this question. As Shinron continued to talk, I said, I have to ask you a question. Shinron continued with his story. I have to ask you a question, I repeated with a little more force. Shinron stopped. Do you go somewhere when you dream? Shinron understood my question. He started to tell me how he goes to other places when he dreams. He said they aren't real dreams, but more like real life. He said he can feel and even taste there. He then told me that the last time he did it, he visited with his dead mother. I have another question to ask you, I said, as the being to my right urged me to ask another question. After a long, unintentionally dramatic pause, I asked, have you seen me there? (gasps) Yes, I have. Holy shitballs. Shinron then proceeds to tell me that the last time he saw me there was with another co-worker named Shelly. He didn't know why Shelly was there as it's been the only time he saw her there. He said he sees me all the time. He explains we were in a field, a huge field, where you could only see sky and field. He said we were dead center in this field and were stuck there for some reason. I gasped. How are you telling me a dream I've had? I even remember wondering why the fuck Shelly was in my dream. So that was real? Like really real? Where the hell were we? What is the purpose of this? These are my own questions, not the questions from the being. Shinron replied with one phrase to answer all of my questions. I don't know. I started to remember more and more. 
More times we had met up in the dream world. I remember having a party or a celebration of some kind in the dream world and seeing him there. I remember the first time I saw him. I gasped again. Do you remember the first time? No, there have been so many. Man, he's like our dream stalker of her. Right? I told him the first time I saw him was in a forest. Only he was small and I was big, like four times bigger than he. He was in some kind of mental anguish. We sat on an old mossy log in a little bit of a clearing. I wrapped my arm around him to give him light to heal him. He did not recall this time. As we continued to compare notes, the clock kept clicking. It was time for me to go back to work. The conversation was unfinished. My mind was blown, and I'm left with more questions than answers, like, is this another form of telepathy? Are there any dreamwalkers out there listening? Can actions and dream influence reality? What even is reality? Why do we have these experiences if we can't make the world a better place? Or can we? I haven't seen Shinron since, but I will soon. Maybe I'll have an update for you then. Sending you all love, and maybe you'll see me or Shinron in your dreams. Miss Piggy from a different verse. Wow. I don't even know what the hell to say to that. I don't know, but your stories are always so (laughs) mind-boggling. Like, so... Meta's not the word, but meta's all I can think of. And... I don't even, oh, I don't even know. But I was thinking, so he's, he and you apparently can astral project, I'm I'm assuming. That is wild. That's wild. I need, I need an update. I don't even know what to say, but I need an update. Also, if anyone out here listening is like, oh, no, that's happened to me too. Let us know. Well, here's my question. If you remember the first time that y'all met via Dreamland, and he doesn't, but you basically wrapped him in a white light, did you give him the power? Can you really be the one that did it, that gave him the power? Ooh, maybe. What power? I don't know, to dream hop. It's from the labyrinth. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, my God. Y'all, don't disown her. Don't disown her. Look, I'll disown I, her I've never him. seen anything. We know. We know. She was so happy that she had watched... The Purge, two, she said, I've watched The Purge 1 and 2. And I was like, well, there's several. She was like, well, okay. And she looked it up and there was like, no, someone told her on the Facebook Live, there's been like five. She was like, well, I've seen the first two. Yeah, well, I've seen the first two. Which is really good for me. <laughs> and I knew it was recent because she she knew a, like a fact about it. And I was like. I knew the womp. The, yeah, not the that, siren. but the horn. Yeah. She was like, that sounds like the siren from The Purge. I was like. What the fuck? She's like, yeah, I've seen one and two. Like, I watched the yeah. first one with you. Yeah, I've seen them. And then come to find out, it's been on a TikTok. Yeah, but they didn't tell you that it's from The Purge. Oh, Lord. I knew that because I watched it with you, ma'am. And then Colby made me watch the other one. Mm-hmm. It's a good... Anyway. No, it was good. It gives <laughs> me anxiety, though. Like, lots of anxiety. How can you watch Handmaid's Tale, then? Well, I haven't watched the newest season. Well, it actually was good this time. Gives me fucking anxiety. Oh, Lord. So does Dazed and Confused, y'all. Yeah, that does. Let me tell you why. (laughs) It all happens today. I know. I don't like movies that all happen in one day. And then, you know, the part... Well, I don't like people getting paddled. That gives me anxiety. Oh, I do. Okay, you like being paddled. I mean, I like watching people get paddled, too. But... But, Porn, hilarious. But... 
people getting chased and all that. I don't want, I don't, no, no, they don't want to be paddled. This is not a consensual behavior. And when the girls lay on their bed with their skinny, skinny jeans that are, you know, uh-huh. flared, the bell bottoms, and they have to use that thing to zip them up because they're so tight. I was like, well, I'm fat and I'm going to be fat in high school and I'm not going to wear those <laughs> pants and I'm going to be a loser. <laughs> That's why that one I can remember this one scene where this girl lays down to yeah. zip up her pants, and I was like, "Well, there goes my high school life. I'll never be able to sit to fit in those pants." And now there's something called leggings that, which is why I definitely can't fit those pants now because I've been wearing leggings for the last uh-huh. ten years, and who the fuck knows what size I am now in jeans. <laughs> the next one is called an almost true crime story. This is the time where I almost could have gotten robbed, kidnapped, or killed, or something, possibly, maybe? Hi ladies, it's Monica again. I recently wrote in about my late grandma coming to visit occasionally. Anywho, I wanted to share a short, creepy encounter where things could have ended badly for me. Picture it. Northern California, circa 2010. I was in my very early 20s, working at a clothing store in the mall. The mall itself closed at 9, and we usually stayed until about 10 p.m. closing up the store. My manager and I left together and parted ways once we stepped outside the main plaza doors. My car was parked inside the parking garage on the ground level, so it wasn't too far of a stroll to get there. But something creepy happened that made me walk a little bit quicker. I noticed a lady standing outside of a car that was parked inside the parking garage near mine. I thought this was strange because there were no other cars around because the mall had been closed for some time now. The second that we locked eyes, she began walking quickly towards me and spoke. Are you interested in a free sample of this perfume? She asked. No, thanks, I replied. The lady kept walking towards me, but luckily I was near my car at this point, fiddled with my keys just like in the movies, and threw myself into my car and locked the doors immediately. The lady gave up on me and walked back to the parked car. After a minute of realizing that a haggard-ass lady wanted me to smell some perfume in a freaking parking lot at 10 p.m., I remembered this. This knockout perfume scam. The story goes that for years, claims that criminals in the U.S. and elsewhere are using perfume samples spiked with some kind of knockout drug to render victims unconscious before assaulting them and or stealing their valuables. I'm sure this isn't new news to you ladies. Then I realized she was staked out there, just waiting to prey on anybody. I told my work the next day and they brushed it off, saying it seemed a bit creepy. I didn't think to call the police back then. I'd never had to call the police in my life, so it just didn't come to mind. I feel sick thinking that maybe she lured somebody else in and they got hurt because I never reported her. Anyway, I never experienced, seen, or heard of something like this happening again at the mall. Thanks for reading my story, and thanks for keeping me laughing on my commutes to and from work. I drive an hour each way, so it really helps. Until next time, XOXO, Mon. Well, that smells like chloroform. Okay. And what's so bizarre is that could be one of those urban legends where it's like, oh, don't flash your headlights at the car mm-hmm. coming with no headlights on because that's a gang initiation. You know, like it could be something like that or it could be like, no, that was really happening and you really did dodge a bullet. Yeah. Probably poor choice of words. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is scary though. For her to not take no for an answer and keep coming at you. Uh-uh. No. Mm-mm. Don't like that. And yeah, like you smelling... A perfume? You don't know what you're smelling. No, I mean, they literally, like you said, I would, I mean, I would have never thought 
like that they would have laced the perfume with something. Right. My thought was, okay, they want to get you close enough to their vehicle to like knock you unconscious or, Mm -hmm. you know, pull you in or whatever. I mean, this is terrible, but that's fucking genius, actually. No, I know. Like, it's a really, like, don't fucking do it because don't hurt people. But, like, people are so fucking smart with the ways that they lure people in. Like, mm-hmm. can you put that to good use, please? Right. Thank you. Right. Go work for the CIA or some shit. Well, that's not always good use. But you get my point. And we're very glad that you are safe. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay, the next one is sleep paralysis. Hey gals, I want to start by saying that I love your podcast and I truly feel like I'm in a room with my friends when I'm listening to you two. I've been binging random episodes since I found you, so maybe my question will be answered once I listen to them all, but have either of you experienced creepy things? Well, we have- on every day. (laughs) This girl's got some jokes this episode, (laughs) and half of them she's told Will to cut out because they've been (laughs) assholey. Some have been really good, though. <laughs> uh, we do answer that in one of the 31 Nights of Halloween Q&As that we did. And just to riff on that a minute, do y'all want us to do that again? Another Q&A. And if so, get ready to submit some questions. And let's make them different and make this one. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, I'm just saying. And let's make them different this time. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last time they were kind of lame. No, they were kind of the same. Well, kind, new see, listeners. of course you went assholey and said lame. Well, I, like I said, page out of your playbook. Uh-huh. Good one. <laughs> you had to use it again. Well, I mean, I just had to reiterate the truth. Uh-huh. Y'all, I wish y'all could see her smile. She's so happy about herself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. All right. Anyway, so just so you know, it has been answered. And I can't remember. It's probably last year's question mark. (laughs) Q&A. Anyway, let me tell you about my one and only sleep paralysis story. In April of 2018, I had attended my sister's bachelorette party in Colorado On Sunday morning, I flew back to Iowa. When I arrived at the airport, I found my car and drove to my boyfriend's parents' house in town before making the one-hour trek back to my home. I stopped at their house and chatted with them for a while. I was feeling a bit tired, so I laid on their recliner for a while to rest. I ended up falling asleep. In my dream, or whatever the fuck it was, I saw myself sleeping on the recliner. It was an aerial view. In front of and on either side of the recliner, there were three white dinner plates. The plate in front of the recliner had a snake on it. While this was happening, I could hear the conversation that my boyfriend's parents were having in the kitchen clear as day. All of a sudden, in my dream, or whatever the fuck it was, the view switched from aerial to a first-person view where I was facing the door of the living room. In the doorway stood a man with a hat, his head tilted down so I couldn't see his face. Then I woke up. Let me tell you, I had no idea that the hat man was a thing until three months later when I listened to a podcast about sleep paralysis. When they mentioned the hat man, I gasped, paused the podcast, and turned to my boyfriend and said, Babe, I've never mentioned this to you before because there was no significance to me, but when I had sleep paralysis at your parents' house, I saw a man wearing a hat in the doorway. He dismissed this, not because he thinks it's stupid, but because he gets scared easily. 
especially when creepy things happen in our home or his parents' home. Anyway, when I heard that on the podcast, I could not believe it. I had no prior knowledge of a hat man until three months after my experience. Creepy, right? Thankfully, I haven't experienced sleep paralysis since. Knock on wood. Thanks for choosing my story to read, Creep It Real, Aerie. Holy shit, that actually sounds like sleep paralysis mixed with with astral projection again. I know. What was I was about to say? What's with all these dreams? Do y'all know that I'm sleepy? <laughs> How y'all know? But that is so creepy. I can only imagine like you just kind of making yourself like at peace with that incident, and then three months later, bam, you hear about this, and you're like, "Holy fuck!" That's what that was. That's what that is. Oh my god! Like, oh, that's so creepy. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, I'm not that great at telling stories, so hopefully this all makes sense. When my husband and I were dating, we were hanging out at his house with one of my friends. We all hung out a lot around this time. Anyway, we were watching TV, and there was a knock on the door. My husband went to answer it, and there was a guy at the door who none of us knew and asked to use the phone. So my husband was saying no and started to close the door, but the guy burst in with two other guys. They forced us on the ground and keep our heads down. They tied my friends and my hands behind our backs with duct tape. They locked my husband in a closet. They, of course, took everything they could. They also stole my husband's car and my friend's car keys. If I remember correctly, they were talking to my husband and saying that he owed some money, which we knew wasn't true because my husband was very good with money and never got into anything that would make him owe anyone money. After a while, they finally left. My husband was able to break down the door and help get us untied. He ran next door to have the neighbor call 911. When he was gone, my friend and I noticed that they stuck knives on top of the door frame of the closet so that they could maybe get my husband, which luckily they didn't. The cops came not too long after and got our statements and everything. They never found the guys which we know of, but luckily they found my husband's car about a week later. A while after all of this happened, my husband told me that when he went to go get help, he saw a van drive by slowly and then hurry away when they noticed he was outside. But he believes it was the robbers coming back to get my friend's car. We lived in that house for at least four years after that happened, and I never felt safe. We even tried getting new carpet and painting to make it more new, but it never helped. But till this day, even where we live now, we never open the door unless we know who is coming over. It's especially hard now with having kids. My daughter always wants to open the door just because someone knocks. But she's four, so we don't really want to tell her why we don't open the door to strangers until she's older so she can understand and hopefully not be as scared. Hopefully that all made sense. Thanks for all the laughs and spooks. That is fucking terrifying. Yes, that reminds me of that horrible... Well, two things. It reminds me of The Strangers, which is the scariest movie ever because it still haunts me. Because, like, why did you do this? Because you answered the door. Like, oh. But also, it reminds me of that terrible, 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 terrible story you did. That case where the people were, like, watching the rich people go home. Well, that one lady went into her place, and so they got the house next door. Yes. And, like, I mean, they they tortured and everything, but they stole cars and, oh, gosh. But it was, like, it's like they got the wrong people, these people who did that to y'all. 
But of course, they're not going to take, they're not going to be like, oh, you know what? We got the wrong people. Never mind. Let's go. You know, they're going to continue doing what they're going to do and get some money or whatever mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah. But that's what that reminded me of. And I hated that story because it was so terrifying. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that y'all are okay, though. God, that's so freaking scary. Well, what we needed to have after this is called The Sweetest Sighting. Hey, ladies, I've wanted to send this for a while, but today's the perfect day to send it in. So I've been a massage therapist for about two years, and I always feel uneasy at my job, like someone or something is always watching. So because of that, I pray during every single session I have, and I pray after. So a year ago, my Nana passed away, and I was heartbroken. I got to see her in hospice before she passed and prayed that God would ease her suffering and she passed a few hours later. A little story about her because she was a literal angel. When I found out I was pregnant, she was the first person I told. When I was five months pregnant, I got a letter from her that she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. I cried for days. The cancer eventually spread to her lungs and soon after she met my son, she ended her chemo. She went into hospice on a Friday and passed on a Sunday. Okay, so now the story starts. Sorry. So I was at work one night around 9 p.m. and I had one more client, so I was making my table. As I fluffed the sheet, I saw a short white figure walk in front of my door. I freaked out. I ran to my manager and told her what I saw and asked her to check the camera. I was running behind with my client, so I went into my session. I couldn't stop thinking about it, but I wasn't afraid. After my session, I went right to my manager and she said, I've searched the whole thing and I don't see anything. Come here. The second I looked down, she paused it and there was a short white figure. We freaked out. Like the spirit was waiting to reveal itself to me. It was shortly after my Nana had passed and I looked down and I was wearing her necklace. I felt so at peace and I knew it was her. Mind you, the day I came back to work, my first client's name was Susan, and that was my Nana's name. I held back tears and started undraping my client's back, and there tattooed on her arm was, It is well with my soul, and peace flooded over me. Then my next client was a teacher, just like my Nana, and my third client looked identical to her. Wild. I just knew she was at peace and wanted to check on me. Thank you guys for all you do, and I just love your podcast. As a single mom, I love spending my days laughing and getting scared with you two. God bless you guys and everyone listening. Elena P. Your Nana was like, um, I'm not showing myself to this stranger. I'll wait till you get to this camera footage. Right? Oh, hey. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And I bet that was comforting to hear, like, your Nana's name and then, have the tattoo and then just like all of those reminders of her and I know she was wanting you to be at peace with that okay the next one is called kind of sinister sighting trigger warning suicide hi my name is Savannah and I've been debating on whether to send in my stories or not but I figured why not I have a few but for now I'll tell the most recent we lost my grandpa back in 2015 we knew it was coming but it still hit hard So a few months after my grandpa passed, my uncle ended up making a permanent decision that caused him to no longer be with us. I don't know if y'all would really count it as an encounter because it was a dream, but anyway. 
The dream goes, I was in a massive house with windows and mirrors everywhere, almost like an angelic royal castle. I don't really know how to explain. Anyway, there were other people that were there as well, but I don't really know if I knew them. But as we were all together, I get a letter sending me on a scavenger hunt. But on the letter, it says, bring Papa. Now, I have no idea why it says that, because my grandpa had passed, but I wasn't going to pass up on an adventure, so I still went alone. When I get to the end of the hunt, I walk through this door that looks like an old-timey elevator door that led into my parents' house. And once I got there, I went straight to the note to find the clue or item I needed. Before I could even read the note, I hear, Why isn't Papa with you? Why didn't you bring him? Behind me, I turn around, and out of the corner of the cutout on the stairs, I see my uncle with a dark shadow over his face, bright red eyes like the reverse flash, and an angry facial expression. I was terrified, so I dropped as low to the ground as I could get, covered my eyes, and replied in a panic and horrified way, I don't know where he is. He's dead. Over and over again, while my uncle starts coming closer and closer, yelling the same thing. Finally, he just disappears, and I'm out of the room. After calming down, I end up walking down this long hall with nothing but windows and amazing views outside with blue skies, bloomed flowers, and just indescribable. When I look outside, I see my papa walking down this road when he looks up at me and smiles and then keeps on walking. When I tell you I woke up in a panic and shock like never before in my life, Oh my Lord, I was so confused at why my uncle was so angry and why everything happened the way it did. But anyway, sorry it was long. I love the podcast and listen to you guys while just sitting at home. I have more stories about some stuff that happened in my parents' home, but I'll send those in later. Have a good day and happy holidays, Savannah. Wow. I wonder why your uncle looks so sinister, though. I mean, this may not even be a thing, but... Maybe he hasn't found peace on the other side yet. Mm. He's still trying to find his father. And so maybe like until he finds that, his soul isn't at rest. And so that's why he looks so sinister because he wanted you to bring his father to him so that he could rest. Maybe. Or it was just a dream and it meant nothing. It could have been a reflection of your fears of maybe his afterlife based on certain religious beliefs about dying by suicide. Yeah. I count that as paranormal for sure. Like, a dream is a sighting to me. Unless it's just a reflection of your... Right. You know what I mean? Of your day, of your subconscious, yeah. of your whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, when it's something like... Like, they come to you? Yeah. That's a sighting to me. Because, like, my mom doesn't always come to me. It's not like, oh, I see her nightly, and it's just a normal thing. Like, no. And it sticks with you in a different way. Yeah, it does. Okay, last one. I got a little bit for both of you ladies today. First, true crime. Picture it. It's the 60s in California. My mom lived down the road from the Manson Ranch. Damn. They had to pass it to get out of their neighborhood, and my grandmother did not like them. I guess they used to rent horses out at that ranch, and they were never allowed to do so. Now for the paranormal. When I was about 18, I'm in my late 30s now, I had this Native American man... I couldn't see him. I just knew he was Native American. Like, I could see him in my mind. He never spoke to me. Maybe because I couldn't actually see him. Who knows? But he would follow me from my room to the bathroom, only staying in the hallway. 
I could feel that he wanted something from me, but I didn't know what. Over a week or two, it slowly escalated to where he would actually come into my room and stand at the foot of my bed. He wasn't angry, but frustrated, possibly. I think because he wanted something from me, but I didn't know what, and I didn't know how to try to communicate. I was 18, and it freaked me the fuck out, and I just wanted it to stop. So I asked him to leave, and he did. To this day, I feel a bit of guilt for not being able to help him. I have a few other paranormal experiences I will send in on another day. Nicole B. I understand feeling the guilt, but you didn't know how to communicate with him, you know? And he obviously didn't know how to communicate with you either. Yeah. So, I mean, communication is a two-way street. We know this. Mm. What Hallmark card have you been reading? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I don't think you can take on... Like, their lack of communication, their lack of understanding, or your inability to. Because, like you said, I mean, it's not like, oh, this is the 17th person that's presented themselves to you, and (laughs) you just chose not to help him, and chose not, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. picture the beginning of The Sixth Sense. He didn't know fucking how to talk to these people, and he had to learn how to, or, you know, the the, whatever, the ghosts. And he had to learn how to do that. It's not like, you just are like, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Exactly. You have to learn how to put those pieces together. You know, that's what Teresa Caputo told me. (laughs) I mean, she is a Long Island medium. Thank y'all so much for sending in all of these stories. They were so freaking good. They all, like, kind of tied into each other. All these fucking dreams, and I'm just, like, over here yawning now. I got to go to bed and see what my dream is about tonight. (laughs) Dreams and old people. Yes. Keep these stories coming in. We love them so much. Send them in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.